the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is pre-recorded. Opinions expressed may not reflect those of Salem Media of Colorado or its sponsors. This is Life in Colorado, a radio news magazine about the issues, events, and the unique life we live in the Centennial State. Hello and welcome to Life in Colorado. I'm your host, Louis Gonzalez. Today, I have with me Kathy Alderman. She is the Chief Communications and Public Policy Officer for the Colorado Coalition for the Homeless. Kathy, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me today. No problem. It's a pleasure to have you and to talk about the organization that you're with. So, Kathy, if you wouldn't mind, tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you came to Colorado Coalition for the Homeless. Sure. So, I serve as the Chief Communications and Public Policy Officer for the Colorado Coalition for the Homeless. I've been in this role for just over seven years. Uh, Prior to doing this work, I worked in reproductive justice um, by working for Planned Parenthood of the Rocky Mountains, a four-state affiliate of Planned Parenthood. And before that, I was doing some patient safety um, advocacy for both patients and uh, clinicians in the operating suite. I worked for an organization called the Association of Perioperative Registered Nurses. Okay. And prior to that, I worked for a Medicaid agency in Ohio. So most of my career has really focused on getting um, resources to low-income households or folks who have been marginalized by um, the healthcare system or other systems um, that they haven't had access to. Right. And uh, can you tell us what inspired the creation of the Colorado Coalition for the Homeless? Well, it was certainly before my time. Right, but, sure. um, It was um, and, and back in the 80s. Um, my former CEO, John Parvinsky, and a number of other folks um, recognized that there was a growing problem of homelessness on the streets of Denver. And so they sought a grant from the Robert Wood Foundation for healthcare services for people experiencing homelessness. Well, over time, they realized that they couldn't resolve people's health um, issues if they weren't providing them with housing. Mm -hmm. And so John, with a strong board of directors, uh, you know, started buying housing or building housing for people experiencing and exiting homelessness and have continued to do that through the years. So the Colorado Coalition for the Homeless Today owns and operates about 20 buildings of of both affordable and supportive housing. And that's about over 2,000 units of housing. And the Colorado Coalition for the Homeless is also a federally qualified health center. So we provide fully integrated health care at a a network of clinics, um, largely in the Denver area and through street medicine. We provide primary care, behavioral health, substance use treatment, dental vision. We have a pharmacy on site. Um, and we also take healthcare services to people who live, live in our building. Right. Now, certainly, Kathy, uh, the homeless population has boomed over the past 15 years. So in that sense, how has the organization's mission evolved over time? Well, one of the key components of our work since our inception has been advocacy work. Right. Um, and that really is to bring more attention to the issue of homelessness 
and to shape policy and encourage uh, government investment in resolving homelessness. Mm -hmm. And so we've been working to establish funding sources at the the state and city level for housing for low-income households or households on fixed incomes. Um, and for homelessness resolution and prevention. Okay. But the reason why homelessness continues to grow is because Colorado is one of the least affordable places to live in the country. We right. are the eighth least affordable place to live in the country. Mm. And housing costs have um, completely outpaced wages. Sure. So more and more people are struggling and falling into the cycle of homelessness. And um, so what, what types of programs and services does the Colorado Coalition for the Homeless offer? Sure. Well, in, a different, in addition to our healthcare services, which we provide through the South Street Health Center, we also um, have a street outreach team. And okay. so that's a group of folks that go out on the streets and meet with people who are living outside um, and try to assess what their needs are, what mm. their immediate needs are and what their long-term needs are. And then we can often work with those individuals to get them access to health care, to resources, and hopefully to a housing placement for long-term housing. I'm here with... uh, as I mentioned, oh, go ahead. No, no, it's okay. You can go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, as I mentioned, we, you know, we own and operate housing, um, but sometimes, you know, it's not enough just to have an empty apartment for right. somebody. They may need rental assistance, and Absolutely. so we administer housing vouchers, um, which help people cover the gap between what they're what they're making and what housing actually costs. I'm here with Kathy Alderman, Chief Communications and Public Policy Officer for the Colorado Coalition for the Homeless. Now, how does the organization work with local governments and other agencies to address homelessness in Colorado? Yes, well, we have lots of partnerships, but I will say that despite our name, the Colorado Coalition for the Homeless, we Mm -hmm. are actually not a coalition. We are a single uh, nonprofit organization doing this housing and healthcare work, but we certainly work in coalition and in partnership with a lot of agencies across the city of Denver and the state of Colorado. Right. Um, so in, in Denver, we're working very closely with, um, you know, Denver city government to uh, administer and uh, get the funds that uh, were allocated by the Homelessness Resolution Fund, a measure passed by voters a couple of years ago and just recently reauthorized. Mm-hmm about $45 million of sales tax funds that are just starting um, to be made available to providers on the ground okay. who are working in the homelessness resolutions. And, and uh, then we also part- partner with a lot of shelter providers because okay. obviously when we meet people out on the streets, they need to get into a safe space. And so oftentimes shelter is um, you know, that the first stop on their, on their path to housing stability. And so we work very closely on a referral system with shelter to pro- providers to make sure people are getting into the right space for them. That's interesting. So what role does the community play in supporting uh, the Colorado Coalition for the Homeless? And that's a great question because we feel a responsibility, as I mentioned before, to provide educational materials to the community, advocacy opportunities. Of course, um, you know, we, we rely on the community for donations and support. Mm-hmm. Um, our vision clinic is actually staffed by all volunteer mm. um, eye doctors. Wow. Okay. And so, you know, the community has a huge role to play. Um, and especially in, in the work that I do on the advocacy side, you know, understanding the issues that, that lead to homelessness, understanding how to 
uh, talk to elected officials about the need for investment right. in homelessness resolution and prevention. All of those things are, are critically important to us being able to achieve our mission. Do you work closely with um, uh, elected officials in trying to address these issues? We do. We work closely with the Denver City Council members, with the Denver um, City Mayor. We work closely with um, different agencies within um, city government, you know, to, again, administer funds and and get resources. We do a lot of work at the Colorado State Legislature um, on issues related to, to housing, housing policy, preventing evictions getting better access to health care, all of the things that impact the population of people that we're working with. Do you find that perhaps some people almost think it's um, it's an easy solution to solve homelessness, to just simply bust them to another state, and then that will get rid of the homelessness problem? Are there issues that you see that can be addressed uh, that just aren't in a political form? You know... Um, you know, busing people out of the state is not going to resolve homelessness um, for those individuals. They're just going to be um, homeless somewhere else. And so we as an organization um, and as a, you know, personal philosophy of of mine, we are solutions oriented. It's Mm -hmm. not enough just to make visible homelessness go away. Um, If you're not resolving homelessness for someone, if you're not getting them into a safe space and Mm -hmm. safe housing with access to services, um, then you're really not solving the problem either for for the individuals or for the community. Because we recognize that homelessness um, is a drain on local resources Mm -hmm. um, because people are forced to cycle through emergency systems like, you know, emergency rooms, the criminal justice system, shelters, all of these systems that are not intended to be long-term housing are essentially um, oftentimes serving as housing for people experiencing homelessness. And it's much more expensive to, to pay for that than it is to pay for housing. What's your response to, actually, I would say, some of the um, demonization of, of uh, homelessness uh, or, or the, just the homeless uh, in itself? Um, you know, people um, citing stats that may be askew. You know, it's really troubling to me how much stigma um, and, and stereotyping happens to people experiencing homelessness. Hmm. Frankly, anybody can fall into that cycle. We know that so many households are living paycheck to paycheck. And one life event can mean they lose their housing because they can't pay their rent or they can't keep up with mortgage payments. Yeah. Um, and they could fall into the cycle of homelessness. And, you know, we, we make the assumption that people who are experiencing homelessness are criminals because we have policies that say they are criminals. Mm, right. um, but we're criminalizing somebody for their state of being, that state of being being unhoused, and not for anything that they are doing to anyone um, or or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, to me, really perpetuates that that stigma where people, um, you know, look at people experiencing homelessness and, and automatically assume that they are criminals. Another issue that I think gets conflated is that everybody experiencing homelessness has a mental health issue or a substance use disorder. Yeah. It's simply not true. Uh, while those, those rates of mental health issues and, and substance use can be high among the population of people experiencing homelessness, a large part of that is because of the trauma of homelessness itself. Right. Um, and because it's visible, right? So mm-hmm. a lot of people are able to deal with their mental health issues behind closed doors of their home. They have substance use disorders that are not visible to the public. Mm-hmm. And so I think making the assumptions that all people experiencing homelessness have mental health issues or substance use disorders is just really harmful and is, again, not solutions focused.
Absolutely. I'm here with Kathy Alderman, Chief Communications and Public Policy Officer for the Colorado Coalition for the Homeless. Now, tell me, what challenges does the organization face in its effort to prevent and address homelessness? Well, I think, you know, we live in an environment of scarcity, unfortunately, right. um, where there's just not enough funding to address these um, these big problems. But I think we can think differently about that. As I mentioned before, we know it's much more expensive to leave somebody in the cycle of homelessness using emergency systems than it is to house them. So what if we redirected our resources to systems that provided more housing and supportive right. services instead of systems that were intended for emergency care or emergency response? Um, the housing market, again, is, is significantly outpacing in cost what wages are. How do we as a community, as a state, um, come together and think about trying to uh, close that gap? And that gap can be closed by um, having some potential price controls on housing or by increasing wages. And then I always advocate for the fact that we do have very limited public resources. Um, You know, we we don't just have access to all the resources we need. So we have to be really intentional and very targeted about how we use those public resources. And so we need to really use those resources for households that are in greatest need. Mm -hmm. And that's low-income households, people on fixed incomes, people that are in the cycle of homelessness today. Uh, We need to be building housing that the market won't build. Because, um, you know, providing housing to low-income households or people experiencing homelessness is not necessarily a profitable business. Right. Um, And so the market's not going to solve there, so we have to use public dollars there. Now, we were talking about volunteers earlier. So what kind of volunteer opportunities are available for community members to support the work of the Colorado Coalition for the Homeless? We have, as I I mentioned, um, some volunteer opportunities in some of our clinical roles. Um, We also do some advocacy events where we ask people to come to the state capitol with us and advocate with us, talk to legislators. Um, We have uh, certain events throughout the year. So we used to, um, COVID put a a pause on this, but we're hoping to restart a healthy kids fair where people Mm. can donate school supplies for the... um, the households with children that we serve. Okay. Um, sometimes we're able to participate in uh, in city races, you know, to raise money for the organization. And so right. we try to notify the the public about those opportunities. And of course, we have monthly education forums where we talk about an issue related to homelessness. Um, we invite the public to listen in and join in, ask questions, and get the information that we think is really important to kind of combat some of those stereotypes and stigma. And what kind of training and support do staff members receive to effectively serve homeless individuals and families? That's a great question, and it varies from position to position. So we Mm. have over 700 employees serving in a variety of roles within the organization, from, um, you know, doctors and nurses to social workers and case managers to, you know, our accounting staff and IT professionals. Uh, So our training looks different, but there's a couple of things that we do um, encourage all staff to be trained on. Mm -hmm. One of those things is trauma-informed care. Um, And that's really making sure that we're taking a person-centered approach to how we work with clients, with residents, with patients, um, because everybody who is 
in the cycle of homelessness or at risk of becoming homeless mm-hmm. has suffered trauma. Right. And that trauma uh, expresses in different ways. It can express in frustration. It can express in a, a mental health issue. It can express in depression. Sometimes it can express in a, in a physical ailment. Mm-hmm. And so we have to think about the trauma that someone has gone through in order to provide an intervention that's really going to help solve their, their situation of homelessness. So what kind of outreach and um, education programs does the organization um, offer to the public? Well, in addition to the education series I mentioned where we have, uh, you know, this monthly topic of uh, issue, an issue related to homelessness, mm-hmm. and then we invite folks to join us and learn about that issue and dialogue with us on those issues. We also release um, one-pagers and reports. We just recently released a, a very lengthy um, an informational report called the Colorado Housing Crisis, Why We Need Strategic Investments, which right. really speaks to the use of public funds for those households in greatest need. There's a lot of data in there about you know why we've gotten to the housing crisis that we're in right now mm-hmm. and what we need elected officials to think about when they're devising housing policies. Right. Um, we have other issue papers that we do on things like health and homelessness, on women and homelessness. And then we're a part of a coalition called the Opportunity Starts at Home, okay. which is a group of organizations that care about housing because they care about something else. So, for instance, one of our partners is an educational group, and they care about housing because we know that kids do better in school when they're stably housed. Absolutely. Uh, we have criminal justice reform groups who you know, know that if um, somebody – exits the criminal justice system without housing, it's very likely that they're going to reenter the criminal justice system again. So housing is a critical component to preventing that. That's a really um, fun group to be part of because we really get to think about all these intersections of issues that we care about. That's great. Where can people find this information? All of this information is on our website. So www.coloradocoalition.org. And and we have a a media and reports section that has all of our one-pagers and reports. And then included in that is our Opportunity Starts at Home, where we have these one-pagers on all these intersectional issues. Tell me, we were talking about elected officials before. So what kind of policy changes or government support does the Colorado Coalition for the Homeless advocate for? Sure. Well, we are always working on making greater investments in housing um, targeted for those households that are in the greatest need. We are, you know, really hoping to work with the state government on creating um, a homelessness uh, prevention and resolution strategy, okay. which would include a potential funding source. Um, we, uh, you know, this this particular legislative session, um, working on housing policies to keep people that are currently housed, housed, so that they don't enter the cycle of homelessness, which sure. is much more difficult to get out once you're you're in it. If we can prevent it, that's gonna that's much better for individuals, households, and the community. Absolutely. Um, we're also looking at the um, the land use bill and how we create mm. more dense housing. And it's not enough just to increase supply if you don't if that supply is not affordable exactly. to the households in the greatest need. So we're really focusing on that um, for this legislative session. I'm here with Kathy Alderman, Chief Communications and Public Policy Officer for the Colorado Coalition for the Homeless. Now, uh, Kathy, how does the organization measure its impact and success in addressing homelessness? We measure success in the number of households that we're able to house, whether that's in housing that we own um, and operate or whether that's um, housing within the community that we help people find um, and potentially use a housing voucher for. 
We also measure success in the number of um, patients that we're able to see through our, our health network, making sure that we're doing appropriate screenings on every individual so we can prevent chronic disease from um, causing, you know, deterioration of health for somebody experiencing homelessness or at risk of becoming homeless. Um, that fully integrated uh, healthcare model is really important to us because it reduces barriers for people um, when they're accessing healthcare. So they don't have to come one day for an eye appointment and one day for a dental appointment and another day for um, a counseling appointment. Right. They can do all of those services um, at once. Mm -hmm. And then one program that we've just recently launched is our recuperative care facility. Okay. And this is for individuals that are exiting the hospital um, but still need to recover from something, whether that's from a surgery or treatment or illness or an injury, um, but they don't have a home to recover in and mm. they don't necessarily have um, the support that one might need to recover. And so they can come and stay with us for 30 days, 45 days um, with clinical care on site. And then we can work with them on a housing transition out of recuperative care and into housing. Um, and so we're doing um, some of this in partnership with our with our hospital partners, but also um, with the criminal justice system for folks that have um, high involvement with criminal the criminal justice system yeah. and with the emergency health care system. And essentially, we'll um, you know we'll have a report on this on the outcomes of that program and whether we were were able to reduce costs to the emergency health care system. Now, certainly, I feel like everybody would agree with me in saying that uh, one of the saddest things you can see is one of the sad. <laughs> wow, it's pretty windy where you are, huh? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I just had to clear my throat. Oh, okay. No problem. So I feel like everybody out there listening would agree with me in saying that one of the saddest things you can see is <clears throat> a young person who is homeless. So how does the organization work to address the specific needs of homeless youth and families with children? So we um, do work with a lot of families that have children. Uh, our primary you know, intervention or solution for them is to try to keep them housed if they're currently housed, right. to try to provide those resources so they can stay housed. If they do lose their housing, then we want to rehouse them as quickly as possible so that they don't have to you know, separate or stay in shelters because there's frankly just not enough family shelter available um, in the Denver area or right. throughout the state of Colorado. For youth of a certain age, we have a partner organization um, called Urban Peak who specializes in helping um, youth that are experiencing homelessness and might need a different kind of housing option. Mm -hmm. um, so not not everyone needs, you know, um, a, a studio apartment or a two-bedroom apartment. Um, some some youth uh, prefer to live together, and so they work with the that population to really ensure that they're providing an intervention that might be appropriate for them, while at the same time protecting their, um, you know, their their privacy, their confidentiality, and making sure they're safe. Because unfortunately, many youth who enter the cycle of homelessness are leaving a dangerous family situation. Absolutely. And uh, tell me something. What, what kind of support does the Colorado Coalition for the Homeless offer for individuals transitioning out of homelessness? 
Well, when we move somebody from the shelter or from street homelessness into housing, we think it's critical to provide supportive services. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a full package of what we refer to sometimes as wraparound services to make sure that individual can be successful in their housing. Right. And it can include anything from helping them identify their bus line so they can get to appointments or to a job to helping them find the closest grocery store. But it also means uh, providing, you know, counseling services and healthcare services, um, employment services, anything that somebody may may need to really help them feel stable and connected to the community that we've recently placed them in. Absolutely. So tell me, what is the vision for the future of the Colorado Coalition for the Homeless and how does the organization plan to achieve it? That's a great question and a very timely one because we just welcomed a, a new CEO after 38 years under the former CEO. Fantastic. Um, as I mentioned, the former CEO, John Partvensky, is really the visionary who brought the organization to the place it is today after 38 years. Um, we've just welcomed Britta Fisher, who is an expert in housing and homelessness, um, and we're working with her right now to, you know, think about what our next steps as an organization are going to be. Uh, obviously, we're going to continue to provide housing, support services. We're going to continue to be a healthcare provider. Right. But I think one thing that we want to look at is, is how can we be a, a, a better partner across the state um, to you know, rural communities or communities that haven't had access to resources to resolve their own homelessness issues. So I think that there's, um, you know, we're going to continue to do the, the, the great work and the work that I'm so proud of um, that I get to talk about. Um, but I think we'll start looking at new opportunities to potentially expand that work and, um, you know, bring in some, some new partners. So for the people who have been listening, uh, why don't you go ahead and give out that um, website again and uh, tell them what's on it and, and how they can get involved? Sure. So our website is www.coloradocoalition.org. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, and Instagram at the, at the hashtag, or not hashtag, sorry, it's at co-coalition, so C-O-coalition. Fantastic. Well, uh, Kathy Alderman, uh, you know, uh, Chief Communications and Public Policy Officer for Colorado Coalition for the Homeless. I do want to thank you for uh, talking to me about the organization and for being a part of life in Colorado. If you have questions or comments about today's program, please call 303-750-5687 or email us at lifeincolorado at salemdenver.com. Life in Colorado is a public affairs presentation of Salem Media of Colorado. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.